Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I have not done, we have not done, a book club episode in quite some time. And we're not really doing one today, but we are going to talk about some things from a book, really just the first chapter of a book called Future Proofing You. And I will link to it uh, in the show description. Future Proofing You. But before we talk about a couple of things from just the first chapter of that book, Can we hone in on that title for a second? Future-proofing you. What does that mean to you, right? Before we even get started in this episode, I want you to give a little bit of thought to what does it mean to make yourself future-proof? Where does your mind first go? That is always so informative to look at where does my mind first go? Because it's probably to an area that is very important to you. What does it mean to you right now to make yourself future-proof? Now, I had already read the book when that title, Future-Proofing You, took on a new meaning for me. And I'll tell you exactly why. I saw somebody post in a Facebook group. And the post said something along the lines of, could your business survive if you found out your child was terminally ill? Could your job survive? Could your health survive? Would your finances survive? And these are just the ways that I kind of interpreted that that one question. Would your finances survive? Obviously, that one hit home for me because of what we've experienced with the death of our daughter in, in 2020. And, you know, at the same point that our daughter became terminally ill and, and died, you know, a day later, COVID shut down. And it got me thinking, you know, if I was taken out of the game, because I was taken out of the game, would my business survive? But it's not just that. Would my marriage survive? Would your marriage survive? If I didn't own my own business, would my job survive something like that? Would my finances be able to survive something like that? Would my health be able to survive something like that? And that's where my mind goes when I think of this this concept of future-proofing, because we don't know what is going to happen. If 2020 and 2021 have taught us anything, it's that anything can happen. And it really is our responsibility to use the in-between times to make ourselves future-proof. And that could be health, that could be marriage, that could be family, that could be finances, it could be fitness, it could be business, it could be all of the above. What needs to be done to future-proof your finances? Or what needs to be done? What could you do? What should you do to future-proof your health or your fitness? And that's kind of an aside. We're going to come back to that. We're we're absolutely going to come back to that. Future-proofing you, and I'll link to the book in the show description. It's a business book. 
But I do believe that all of us can get something valuable out of it. I personally believe that if I walk away from one gem, one nugget from a book, it was worth the book. Jill Coleman says that if you can get a $15 idea from a $14 book, it's a good investment. And I could not agree more. This is going to seem a little random until we get back to that future-proofing concept, but I, I didn't want to talk about this without sharing just a couple of things It might seem a little unrelated that jumped out at me in just the first chapter of this book, things that inspire me, things that encourage me. One of the things it talks about are the four tools for for success. And this comes from research out of Harvard Business School that the traits needed for success, and this is talking about success in business, but I really think it's true for any kind of success in marriage, in money, in health, in anything. The four traits needed for success. Effort, critical thinking, collaboration, and curiosity. Effort, critical thinking, collaboration, and curiosity. The first thing I thought of when I read that was, in which of those four do I have the most room for improvement? Where, where am I weakest? Another way to say that. Between effort, critical thinking, collaboration, and curiosity, where do I have the most room for improvement? The second place my mind went was, is there one of these that makes the others easier? Is there just one of these that if I put my effort there, it makes the others easier? And from my perspective, there is, because critical thinking and curiosity go hand in hand. If you're not curious about how you can do things differently, if you're not curious about how you can bring more effort, if you're not curious about the ways that you might collaborate or ask for help or team up with other people for support, you're not going anywhere, right? You cannot bring forth more effort without curiosity, right? You just can't. You can't do things differently without curiosity. That told me that if I really focus on being more curious, curious about new ways of doing things, curious about new ways of thinking, curious about ways I can make life easier or show up for myself differently, all of those other areas can get better more easily. Now, you might not see it that way, and that's totally okay. Think about those four, effort, critical thinking, curiosity, and collaboration. Where do you have the most room for improvement? And do you think that any one of those areas, if you were to improve, would make the others easier? For me, it's curiosity. That might not be true for you, but go through the mental exercise of asking yourself these questions. I know I say this all the time on the podcast, but I, I know it bears repeating in my life and, and certainly in the people that I work with. Don't just listen to this or any podcast or any book. If you are not taking the time to hit pause, to ask yourself these questions, to maybe journal about them or have a conversation with your best friend or your, your partner or your coworker or a stranger on the internet, You're leaving so much on the table. If you would just apply and do the work, even the intellectual work that we're talking about right here or in anything that you're listening to or learning from, it would change the game. And what feels hard right now or where you feel stuck right now would suddenly not feel so hard and you would probably not feel so stuck. 
How can I put forth more effort today, right? I love curiosity. How can I collaborate in a way that makes life easier this week? Or should I be asking for help? Where should I be asking for help? Where would help be a game changer? Who should I ask? How can they help? Are you in the practice of asking questions? I really believe that curiosity is a game changer and it's a big part of book number three, which I'm working on right now. Another thing that jumped out at me from the first chapter is that self-perception is just about the most important factor predictive of where we go in life. Because if we perceive ourselves to be inconsistent, we're going to be inconsistent. If we perceive ourselves to be lazy or all or nothing or on again, off again, then we're going to show up that way because, I say this all the time, we rise to the level of our own expectations and we can change our expectations at any time, at any time. Self-perception is paramount. I sent out an email probably a couple months ago now about how I was talking about our ability to edit. I finished book two not that long ago. I'm currently working on book three. And so often, my goal is just to get thoughts on paper. They're not meant to be polished or even coherent. It's just get it out there. And then I don't have to feel frustrated or disappointed that it's bad because it's bad. It's always starting bad. I, I am the queen of the shitty first draft and the crappy second draft and the pathetic third draft. But through editing, we can make something bad good. We can make something that's incoherent coherent. And the same ability that I have and you have to edit words on paper, we have the ability to edit our own perception of ourselves, our beliefs, our stories. Edit, edit edit. If you don't like it, change it. If it's not working, change it. Make it better. Adjust this, adjust that. You are the master author of your entire life and of everything that you believe about yourself and your potential and your stories. So if the story you have, the perception that you have isn't serving you, it's not working, it's not setting you up for where you want to go or who you want to be, edit, edit, edit. Because self-perception is a huge indicator of where you're going to go. Another part of this first chapter says, the more you believe you can improve, the more effort you will put toward it. And that goes back to our ability to edit. Because right now, you might be in a place where you're like, I don't know if I believe that I can make this change. I have felt that way so many times. When I was staring at $130,000 in debt, making nowhere near $130,000, I was like, I don't know if we can do this. It seems like there's not enough extra money at the end of the month to ever get out of debt. But if I didn't believe, you know what, I think that if we chip away at it, it might take a long time. I think we can get there. If I didn't believe fundamentally that it was even possible, I wouldn't try. And the same thing was true for so many years. I just didn't believe that I could lose weight. I told myself stories like, I'm just the fat girl. I'm really great at losing weight. I'm terrible at keeping it off. I have the ability to edit that story. I had to edit that story to get different results. If you have a story that limits your belief about your ability to create a business or get out of debt or become financially free or lose 50 pounds or keep off weight that you've already lost or finally do a pull-up for the first time or run a mile without stopping... You have to build your belief. You can edit that story. You can change and build your belief by changing the way you think or by finding other people that have done it. The more that you believe that you can improve, the more effort 
that you will put toward it. A couple more things here that I wanted to share from that first chapter, then we'll go back to that concept of future-proofing you and, and what we can do with it. Positive thinking expands creativity, increases energy, and raises intelligence. Positive thinking expands creativity, increases energy, and raises intelligence. There are entire books written on this, right? And future-proofing you isn't one of them, but I come upon so many people who are not positive thinkers, right? They are, I'm frustrated, I'm stuck, I blew it again, this, that, and the other thing. I'm tired, I don't have the energy. Change the way you think and you will change the way you feel. Positive thinking increases energy. It absolutely positively does. It expands creativity. So now instead of feeling like you have no options and nothing's going to get better, you have the ability to think through your options, potential solutions. Now listen, okay, important caveat here. You might be listening to this and going, I'm a pretty positive thinker. I bet you, I bet you a thing of edge that there is some area of your life where you are less positive than others. Because look, even when I was super negative and not a positive thinker about my weight, I was a positive thinker about other things. For sure, I was a positive thinker about my career. I knew that where I started wasn't where I was going to finish. And I was very much the person that was like, hey, we can figure this out. Oh, there's a challenge. There's a manufacturing issue. There's a, a marketing obstacle. We can figure it out. So if you're like, oh, that's not me, I'm a pretty positive thinker, I want you to look for the area of your life where you are less positive. Maybe it is your marriage. Is that where it is that maybe you're not such a positive thinker? Or maybe it's money. Or maybe it's your weight. It's really not all or nothing when it comes to something like, are you a positive thinker or not? Are you a solution person or not? It's really where do I need to be more positive? Where do I need to put work in here? Where am I a little bit more focused on the problem or the solution? Because I have no doubt that most of you are probably killing it in some areas of your life. But what about that area where not so much? Think about that before you write off the lesson here. Okay. This one got me super, super excited and changed a habit that I have. All right. Ready for it? The book 100 Percenters, now this is in the book uh, Future Proofing You, but it references this book 100 Percenters, which I have not read, shares that vividly describing your goals in writing makes you 1.2 to 1.4 times more likely to achieve them. Guys, if there was something that you could do in minutes a day that would make you dramatically more likely to achieve your goals, would you do it? Because this is it. Vividly describing your goals in writing makes you 1.2 to 1.4 times more likely to achieve them. When I read that, that was all I needed to hear. Now, I didn't say I'm going to do it for 30 minutes a day. I'm going to do it for 20 minutes a day. You know what I told myself? Minimum three minutes. I'm already in my change maker's journal every day. So in the notes section, I give myself a minimum of three minutes. Sometimes it's exactly three minutes. Sometimes it's Seven minutes. It's usually not more than seven minutes. But I'm not talking about carving out this huge chunk of time. I committed to using the notes section in my Changemakers journal. You can do it on a blank piece of paper. I don't care where you do it. You can do it on the back of a receipt. To write for at least three minutes every day in vivid detail about one of my goals. Can I tell you that it has made a huge difference? And I think the primary reason 
Well, there's probably two. Number one, it makes me more excited about that. That has a huge positive benefit on my choices, my behaviors. But the other part of it is it keeps it top of mind. I don't know about you, but sometimes even if I have a really big, exciting financial goal, I might not think about it every day. Honestly, I might not even think about it every week. But the more you think about it, the faster your progress will be. Vividly describing your goals in writing makes you 1.2 to 1.4 times more likely to achieve them. Why would you not do that? Why would you not do that? You don't have to write about every goal in your life. You might have seven different goals, and you might have one goal that has seven different parts. I write about at least one part of one goal. So right now I have like health goals, I have family goals, I have financial goals, I have goals for my home. I don't write about all of them every day, but I write about one of them every day for at least three minutes, sometimes more, sometimes less, in vivid detail. I, like I said, I do it in my change makers journal because I have that open in front of me every day. So it, it has an additional benefit of me seeing it, not just when I'm writing it, but I kind of see it throughout the day because I work off my change makers journal throughout the day because it also includes my to-do list. But you can do it on a blank piece of paper. It doesn't matter. All right. I wanted to share those few ideas, but I want to get back to this notion of future proofing you. Get a piece of paper. And I want you to work through this on pause. So if you are driving, I want you to come back to this. Work through this using your pause button. What are different areas of your life that you would be interested in future-proofing? And when future-proofing can mean whatever to you that you want it to mean. How I define it does not need to be how you define it. But the way that I think about it is, preparing for the unseen, the unknown, the unknowable in the future. I have some experience with that because I did not see COVID coming and the impact it had on my business. I did not see my daughter's death coming and the impact that had on my health, the impact that that had on my marriage, the impact that that had on my business, none of it. Okay, so what areas of your life are you interested in future-proofing? Just brainstorm. You're not going to work on every single one of them every day. But I'll tell you, for me, I wrote, I want to future-proof my health so that if something comes up, I have done all that I can do to make my health resilient to what might lie ahead. All right? My fitness, my marriage, my finances, my business. Those are the areas that, that first came to my mind. I want you to write down for yourself what areas of your life are you most interested in future-proofing? And then for each one, what does that mean? So let me give you an example of, of fitness. I really believe that if I were to get sick, it's everything I've done up until that moment that has the biggest impact on the outcome. So we sometimes think we have all of this time like, oh, it's, you know, it's not, I, I want to lose weight because I want to look better. But you know what? There's an urgency there because if you were to get sick two months from now and you're still as heavy as you are now or as overweight as you are now, and I'm just using this as, as an example, you don't have the luxury of being like, oh, geez, let me now put my health as a first priority. Your prognosis is going to be influenced by your health at that time, your body composition at that time, your fitness at that time. So I believe that one of the things that I can do 
to make sure that if some adverse thing happens to me, I am as fit as possible. I've come up with a couple of things that that means to me that I am working towards. And once I get there, my job is to maintain them so that I can do these things, you know, when I'm 40 and when I'm 50 and when I'm 60. And this is like my, my fitness buffer, if you will. One of them is a sub seven minute mile. Another is 10 pull-ups, body weight pull-ups in a row, no breaks, 50 push-ups on my toes, just banging them out in a row, not 50 in a day, singles, um, and a 300-pound deadlift. That for me, and look, don't let mine be yours. You define yours based on what makes you feel comfortable as a buffer. But then I feel like I'm strong and I've got endurance, so if something happens, I've got a hedge of protection. That's that's future-proofing my fitness, future-proofing my marriage, because look, something could happen and we could have to live apart for a period of time. I don't know why, but I mean, those are things that happen or uh, we go through something really, really hard, like what we experienced and are still experiencing since our daughter died. Things that I can do to future-proof my marriage, regular date nights, that is not something that we have nailed since having Roman or to be perfectly honest, since Dagny was born. Um, meaningful conversation and what that means to me is not just, how was your day? What's going on this weekend? Did you hear about blah, 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 blah. But things like, what do you think's going well in our relationship and, and where do you think we need to put in a little more effort? What can I do to be a better wife? That, that's what I mean by meaningful conversation and having that be a regular thing. Another thing that I feel I can do to help future-proof my marriage is make sure we're being very intentional about fun. And there are seasons where this is easier for us. Like in the summer, it's a lot easier. A, we have a pool. B, we have a group of friends that there's just more going on in the summer than in other times of the year. But especially fall, winter, spring, what am I doing to make sure that we are having fun together on a regular basis? Intimacy, right? Obvious one to future-proof your marriage. But even just affection or random acts of kindness, these are things that I can do to future-proof my marriage. Your answers might be very different, and that is okay. I'm just giving you some examples here. Future-proofing your finances. This has never been more of a priority to me because of just the, like, bomb that went off in my life and my business when I had to step away. Future-proofing my finances not only means multiple streams of income are a must, but I already have multiple streams of income. So for me, it's making sure that I'm cultivating those, that I'm keeping them strong, that I'm making them grow, that also several of them are passive, meaning I fall off the face of the earth. I can't talk. I can't walk. I can't work. Whatever. They're still making money. But also creating new streams of income and new passive streams of income. Investing. Paying wise people for tax strategy. Paying wise people for financial strategy. All of that kind of stuff. Now, this kind of sounds like a lot, but I'll tell you my strategy for for all of this stuff because I don't work on my marriage every single day. I don't work on my finances every single day aside from the fact that like I make money by working every day. So 
in the second edition of the Changemakers Journal, in the monthly planning pages, let me just kind of show you how this works so you can understand how I keep track of this stuff without feeling overwhelmed because feeling overwhelmed sucks and I have no use for it whatsoever. Okay, so on one of the monthly planning pages, there you identify your primary goal for that month. So let's say like right now for me, I'm in a season of weight loss after my pregnancy. That's a primary goal. But I have other areas of my life that I want to work on, like my marriage, my finances, my business, my fitness, etc. So on one of these monthly planning pages, you list out all the other areas that you want to invest in. Like for me, one of them is my home. Then you brainstorm ways you could invest in that area that month. So in marriage, having two date nights, a couple's, uh, like a double date with another couple, doing something fun, whatever that is for us. And then in the third column, so the first column is the different areas. The second column are ways you can invest in that area. The third column is like a, a bunch of bubbles that you fill in. So every day of the month that I invest in my marriage, I fill that in. So if I'm week two in the month and I realize, oh crap, I have yet to intentionally invest in my marriage, I'm going to put some effort in there in the back half of the month for sure. I don't invest in it every single day. That's not my goal, but same thing. If we're in the last week of the month and I see that I've only intentionally invested in my fitness four times, all right, it's time to get it in gear and and round that out a little bit. So that is what it looks like for me. You could use a blank piece of paper. I don't care. The Changemakers Journal makes it easier for me, but The point of this is, think about what it means to future-proof different areas of your life. What would it look like to do that? What would it take? What kind of investments would you need to be making now and on a regular basis so that when the unknown and the unknowable comes up in your life, you are in a better place? So this was sort of spurred by the book Future Proofing You. It is a business book, but I do believe that there are concepts and ideas that really benefit everybody, whether you're interested in business or you're not. Future Proofing You, though, as the title is really what made me want to talk about this, just the title. What does that mean to you? What areas do you want to future proof? What will that take? And then hold yourself accountable to a system that helps you keep track of your investments and your progress. I'd love to know what you think about this. Uh, Let me know what areas you want to future-proof and what it means to do that, what it's going to take, what kind of things you'll need to do on a regular basis to make that happen. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Hey, 
Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh yeah, I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants.